My name is Mia Christina, and you're listening to An Interest Radio. Today's episode is called The Three Skins. Now, this is a concept that I learned in architecture school close to 10 years ago, and it's just been kind of turning over and over and over and over again in my mind for the last decade. It was one of those things where, you know, like when you're in a class and your teacher just says something probably off the cuff. I'm not even sure if he made this up or if he got it from somebody, Um, but it totally like sticks with you. And that's what happened to me. Like I I really, really latched onto this and it made so much sense to me. And this is kind of how I've framed the world in a way ever since. Uh, So I wanted to share it here. It's a very simple concept and it kind of moves us through the different ways that identity is had, chosen, and shared, and ultimately evolved. And I think that this is really relevant to anybody who does any kind of creative practice um, because, yeah, I mean, it's all part of identity. It's all part of, you'll see how it all ties into creative practice um, in the episode. And towards the end of the episode, I'm going to share that I think there's actually maybe a fourth skin that could arguably be one of two things. Um, And it'll be fun to unpack that. So what is the purpose of exposing or exploring these skins or these spheres of identity? I think as creative people or people with a particularly creative bone in their body, um, nonverbal communication can become especially key uh, to being able to translate ideas into forms that will affect others in the way that we want them to. So it's less about defining who we are and who others are and more about noticing and observing what different aspects of the spaces we inhabit, for example, ultimately have like an effect on our experience that ends up evolving who we are on a much deep, deeper level. And then all of these different spheres start to communicate with one another and affect one another, and there's like this feedback loop that starts to happen between all of them. Um, and perhaps the point is just to point out how other people are speaking to us all the time through the things that they wear or create, and maybe that's enough. So the three skins. When my professor put forth this theory, again, I don't know if he made it up or if he got it from somebody, but I've tried to Google it unsuccessfully over the years. Uh, So I did not make this up myself, but I did expand on it for the purpose of this episode and also just throughout the years that I've been turning it over in my mind. Um, The first skin is your physical skin. And when he put forth this theory, he kind of kept it really simple. So he just said it was number one, your first skin is your physical skin, like the actual skin that you have. Um... And number two is the clothes that you wear. And number three is the buildings that we inhabit. Because remember, this was architecture school. So he was trying to get at the importance of buildings and how they're kind of just a third layer of skin for us. Um, But again, over the years, I've kind of turned this concept over and therefore have expanded on it quite a bit. So um, all of these episodes on an interest radio are meant to be sort of jumping off points of hopefully stimulating conversations that could be expanded upon. So there's so much more probably to all of these things that I'm going to say that I have left out or forgotten to mention here. But um, this is kind of the uh, the expansion that I put on top of his theory. 
So the first skin is the skin that you're born with. Okay. This is your physical form. This also includes your race or ethnicity. It includes your parents, your culture within the home, and the language that you speak. So the first skin is kind of the identity that you're given in this world when you come into it. It's not something that you have control over, and yet it becomes the first point from which your entire life will be constructed, and subsequently your, your work as an artist. Still, within the first skin, there's sometimes a lot of nuance. Maybe you were born as a um, like mixed-race person. Maybe you were born um, where your, your parents weren't married when you were born or outside of wedlock, as they say. Maybe you were adopted. Maybe you were born with a health condition that deciphers a lot of your identity in your life. Like These are all things that... Um, fall into the category of the first skin. So these are like DNA level things. You could even, if you wanted to, I, I do, I would, um, count like karmic things to this layer. I sort of see these patterns directly from our parents that we like are meant to experience and then notice and then try to unwind and fix in our lifetimes as something that I could also ascribe to this first layer of skin. So... If you notice a pattern uh, from your childhood and you're like getting older and then you're starting to notice it over and over again, like I always have, I date people who are like my dad or like my mom or whatever, like those are patterns that you notice. To me, these things are karmic um, and we're supposed to kind of be here to untie those things and, and they keep coming up for a reason so that we can notice them and then fix them. Like that's just my belief system, but um, I would also count stuff like that. Um, in this first layer of skin. So interestingly, this concept will tie back to the proposed fourth skin that I'll talk about at the end of the episode. Uh, So just remember that. I was recently watching Sinead O'Connor's documentary on Showtime. Um, It was called Nothing Compares. And for being on Showtime, like quite honestly, it was kind of low budget, but it was still really good and I was so happy to be able to finally learn about her because she was so, I mean, she was so iconic, so badass and um, there was all these audio clips of Sinead talking about her childhood. Uh, She grew up very Irish Catholic in a deeply repressive era in Ireland in the 20th century. A lot of religious trauma from the church and also she went through this state of disillusionment that came from seeing the church in a different light when she got to be older. She also grew up in an abusive household herself, um, particularly by her mother. So all these things shaped Sinead's first skin. They're in her and on the deepest level possible. And therefore, whatever you run through her as a filter of sorts comes out of her with all those sorts of influences very much embedded, no matter how singular she is. She's original, but she has uh, an origin in a way. Um, And like when you listen to her music, there's no doubt that you can tell that there's a very deeply Irish um, Catholic influence there. You can also tell that she, you know, had a lot of pain that she went through and was transmuting through her music. So 
she becomes this filter and out of her comes all of these amazing things, but very much embedded with this kind of influence. So I would say that if we're looking at this chart linearly, like right between the first, so you have like a line and it's like first, second, and third, um, right between the first and second skin would be uh, socioeconomic status. So it's kind of in between because it technically is a little more changeable than, say, your ethnicity. But it's also something that we're born into and therefore decides a lot of what happens next in our lives. So the second skin, what you wear, and all the nonverbal implications that go along with the clothes that you wear. So this also includes your hairstyle. It includes your hair color. And so this is where we really start to get to make decisions about who we are and who we want to be. And these decisions might be very, very influenced by our surroundings, but still they are decisions. In many cultures, you could argue all cultures to some degree, but I'm mostly talking about more traditional cultures and indigenous cultures here. Um, The things that you wear tell other people in this society what your status is, maybe a certain piece of jewelry or a certain uh, animal skin or something like that. But these things, so this goes very deep, right, back into our history. This has always been the case. But these things uh, will communicate immediately to other people who you are, what your status is, and how they should address you. I mean, the same is true today. You know, somebody who wears... um, I'm going to throw Abercrombie and Fitch under the bus. Somebody who wears Abercrombie and Fitch is a, you know, certain, is taken as a certain kind of person in certain kind of uh, communities, as opposed to somebody who wears Gucci or wears, um, I don't know, like no name brands or just wears all black or something like these things change very much how someone will respond to you and address you and think about you. So the second skin also covers greetings, manners, secondary languages, um, all the nonverbal communication in general, things that we're interested in, style, works of art, music. Music informs how people dress a lot of the time. I mean, think about the punk scene, right? Going back briefly to what I said in the last episode, the anatomy of an idea about finding an idea that feels true to you, sticking to it steadfastly. I was listening to um, an interview of Issey Miyake from 2006, and he talks about how his North Star is this concept of a piece of cloth. To him, it means something because he's talking about it in in an oriental, and these are his words, um, context. And so he's talking about India and then the kimono in Japan. Like first in India, the wrapping of a single piece of cloth, and then um, in Japan, the kimono and all of its practicality and simplicity. So if we ever feel like, if he ever feels like he's getting lost in this, in whatever forest of creativity that he's in, the idea that he turns back to that feels truest to him and his lineage is this piece of cloth. And in this way, it's easy to see the direct connection between the first and the second skin and how powerful they can be together because he is basing his entire practice, his entire ideology, his entire North Star 
on his first skin, right? Even things like sexuality have been portrayed through clothing, through the second skin. I was uh, just watching a documentary on queer identity and the way that people dress for so long uh, was the way that the only way that they could communicate with one another, you know, what they were into, um, like what kind of identity they had, were they butcher femme, were they into kink or S&M, like in 80s queer culture, if you wore leather, of course, it meant that you were into S&M, kink, play parties, that kind of thing. So there are countless examples of this, but um, the most recent one that I can think of is this super low budget documentary called Framing Lesbian Fashion. It was made in the 90s and um, I, I, I was watching it on Canopy, which if you have a library card, it's free to stream nine things every month and it's so well curated. It's actually like my favorite streaming platform by far. Um, highly recommend Canopy. So I'll have a link to that in the blog, at the blog, on the blog. Um, and yeah, if you get a library card, if you either have a, a physical one or you can get one online and you can actually stream stuff every month. So highly recommend that. Um, I actually also just received an email this morning from Passerby, which is just like a femis- feminist, online feminist magazine. And the writer of this morning's email goes into this sort of, she calls it a subconscious communicative um, technique, which is an interesting way to put the second skin. She made a good point that fashion in every sense of the word has been made to feel vapid and ungrounded. Those are my paraphrasing words, but because of its ties to the feminine, but this could obviously not be further from the truth. This is something that's deeply rooted in us and always has been that we communicate through the things that we wear and the way that we do our hair. Hair is so important. Something I've definitely learned personally myself, having every length of hair, I get treated very differently um, when I have super long hair versus shoulder length hair versus super short hair versus a shaved head. Um, So it's just really interesting. I want to pause the podcast episode briefly to talk about an interest. You're listening to An Interest Radio, and my name is Mia Christina. Put simply, An Interest is a place where you can come and relax and get inspired to create. You can do this by learning about other artists and their processes on YouTube. It's going to be more visual over there, a little shorter form content. Um, And I hope to get some interviews on there very soon when our community starts to grow. The podcast will be in the same vein, but it's going to be a little bit longer form content, a little more stream of consciousness, and we will also have interviews here as well. I found that it was really difficult for me to find a place to learn about the things that I wanted to learn about, the artists that I wanted to learn about that spoke to me um, in a kind of clear and organized way that didn't involve me watching hours and hours of documentaries, which I'm glad that I did, but that gave me the ability now to be able to translate it into a YouTube channel and a podcast so that you can just listen to this and watch the videos and be able to kind of get all the information in a much shorter period of time. I hope that it becomes kind of an online filing cabinet of all sorts of things, all sorts of creative endeavors, artists, um, processes, things that people have created, things that people have done, history, um, design, fashion, 
philosophy, all these things. And obviously I'm curating the content because I'm the creator of the entire thing, but I hope that eventually it can take on a life of its own and become something that we all create together. Sort of like an online Black Mountain College meets masterclass is what I'm going for. So with all that being said, if you feel like you know somebody who would be interested in this content, please share it with them. Um, Follow the podcast, rate the podcast, that will very much help it to get out there. And also uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, it's at an interest. You can also find us on Instagram, at an interest with one underscore. And you can also find us on our blog, A-N-I-N-T-E dot R-E-S-T, where all of the transcripts and any references I make to links or videos or products, anything like that will be in the description of this podcast and it's A-N-I-N-T-E dot R-E-S-T. There's no dot com. You'll be able to find it there. And you can also send us an email at radio at A-N-I-N-T-E dot R-E-S-T. If you have any suggestions for content, things you'd like to see, if you'd like to ask a question, um, maybe we can do like a question and answer thing at some point. I don't know. I'm open to everything. Um, Right now, the episodes are looking like they're about 30 minutes, but I hope to make that a little bit longer eventually and get it to like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. So I would be down to do some sort of segment um, that involves you guys writing in. So if you have any ideas of things that you think would go well with this sort of podcast, uh, I'm definitely all ears. So with all that being said, let's get back to our episode. The third skin is the spaces that we inhabit, okay? The objects that we use, and this is where design starts to really come into play here. Things we design for ourselves and each other. So shelter, uh, community spaces, all that. So through the first and the second skin, we end up inhabiting different spaces based on our physical identities or where we're born the culture we're born into, socioeconomic status, and then by others who like the same things we like or dress the way we do. But we must gather somewhere. And these spaces are yet another sphere of existence and therefore are not only informed by the first two skins, but also over time begin to be the informants of the first two skins. Like, Say a bunch of churches and places of worship are erected in a particular place and then people start to settle in those places who take on this cultural identity and then intermingle it with the one that they already had in that sort of particular region. Um, then they become a subcategory of an ethnicity uh, in this, or a nationality or whatever and this is how the third skin can make its way back around to the beginning again. So... Um, how spaces and design are based on old traditional cultural influences in some ways. But by the same token, there's a conversation happening back and forth because those spaces then inform how people behave within them. So one of my favorite books, which I realize at this point is kind of cliche, uh, but still makes a great example, is In Praise of Shadows by Junichiro Tanizaki. At first, when you read the book, it kind of seems like you've opened the pages to the diary of a sort of overly indulgent ass that um, 
but you soon realize that he's simply just a true admirer and lover of his own culture, of his own skin. In the book, he goes into the what-ifs of what are no doubt some of the darkest corners of his mind, no pun intended, asking the question, what if Westerners had not beat us, and he's talking about the Japanese, to the punch of so many different technologies? And this is, again, me paraphrasing. Um, And the conclusion of that is rightfully that perhaps if the Japanese had devised their own technologies, uh, they would have been much more suited to the voices, the values, the faces, the needs um, of the Japanese specifically. So technology also falls under the the third skin. This is largely the argument against modernism and modern minimalism and design, particularly in art and design, um, as it strips away a lot of what is personal and local to different cultures and therefore gives this sort of blanketed universal value system that everyone is supposed to adhere to. Um, And in this case, uh, you know, aspire to in a way. Of course, the biggest issue with that is that um, if that's the case, in just a short number of generations, these traditional cultures could find themselves buried forever, like a time capsule. If you are listening to this podcast, you're probably already someone who does not necessarily need convincing of the importance and the effect that spatial design has on our behavior and our experiences, and therefore our communities. Um, It becomes something inextricable from us and everything that we are. And this is everything from buildings to spatial design inside the buildings to um, interior decor, to what your feet sound like on the floor beneath you, to the way a porcelain cup hits its saucer, to the sounds that you can hear or the silence that allows for more of an inner symphony to arise. All of these things can create an experience that is has a feedback session within our molecules and it matters more than us probably realize on a daily basis. So the fourth skin is a sort of unofficial member of this episode, but I feel that it's an honorable mention. To me personally, I think the fourth skin is stories, symbols, archetypes. I said before that it was one of two things I was thinking, stories or archetypes, but I'm just going to say, put them all together in one category. Fourth skin is stories, symbols, archetypes. What encapsulates our identities, both given and found, and brings them into a universal space is stories. Stories inform our identities on a much larger scale than perhaps all of these physical, more concrete aspects. To see ourselves in someone or something else is ultimately to identify ourselves with connection in general. And the feedback loop then grows even greater to incorporate not only who and what is alive on Earth now, but what has come and gone millennia ago, what's here now, and what will be here when we are long gone millennia from now. I think the only thing that could possibly do that is stories. 
And of course, this is where the work of the great Carl Jung comes in. Um, This is where it kind of gets, you know, a little bit bigger. But I do think that that for me, that feels like another sphere that's just as important as the previous three. And so once we have all of the skins, you know, the first being physical, the second being nonverbal communication, the third being spaces, um, and the fourth being stories, like all of these things come together to sort of, again, I, I don't really see it as much in a linear sense. I see it more of a sphere. If you listen to my first episode of the podcast, um, I'm much more of a, I think of things much more in, in terms of like spheres and circles than than lines. Um, and that's kind of, this is no exception. So it's really kind of all the same thing. It's like these like Russian doll spheres inside of one another. Um, but really all of them are affecting all of the other ones. Maybe it's like a flower of life kind of situation. It's really interesting. Um, But when it comes to making work and using these things as a tool to kind of understand how to make the things that you make or if this even even resonates at all for you and your creative process, um, I think the important thing is just like understanding people on different levels and the ways that we move through the world on a daily basis and all of the ways that we are similar and all of the ways that we are different and how those things communicate with one another without anybody even saying anything. I think there's so much there. I mean, to me, that just makes me, that gives me so much, so many ideas in general already. And I hope it does for you too. I hope this resonated on some level. Maybe you'll be like me and this will be kind of an earworm and you won't be able to unhear it and then everything will eventually tie back to this in your mind somehow. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that'll hurt you. Maybe that'll help you. (laughs) I hope that it helps. That's all I have for you today. And uh, I hope to see you in the next episode. Please follow the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Everything is an interest. Um, A-N-I-N-T-E dot R-E-S-T is our blog. You can find links to everything there as well as transcripts of each episode. And if you want to write in and tell me what you think, what you think would be cool, whatever, um, it's radio at an interest with a dot before the R. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys in the next episode. Ciao.